What's up, everybody? It's Scuba Duber here. So I've talked a lot about the future of music and the techniques of music, and I've hinted at both of those things coming together in Dolby Atmos spatial audio. But I've only talked briefly about it. In this podcast, I'm going to break it down because I am almost finished with my certification course. Woo-hoo! And that'll allow me to uh, do remixes of Dolby Atmos um, style things for this spatial audio concept for major labels and stuff like that. Because they'll be able to see, hey, this person's certified by Dolby and knows what he's doing. So what is it exactly? I'm going to go completely off the cuff. This is like... This is like speed round. How much did I actually retain from my certification course? All right. Spatial audio is a reconceptualization of how to pan music. And you're probably familiar in movie theaters of surround sound. It's taking that surround sound concept and taking it to the extreme so with surround sound, like a home theater, maybe you have five speakers. But with Dolby Atmos, you don't really have to think about speakers as much anymore. You think of a box. So you put the listener inside of this box, and then you can fly instruments around their head. Because Atmos is a basically like a software way of thinking about panning and then they have tools to take that like perfect level and then basically dumb it all the way down to like a sound bar or your phone or you know airpods or whatever but it allows you to have that full fidelity that full range of fidelity from a box that's literally just a giant speaker like picture that you're just suspended in a giant speaker and you can have stuff fly over your head and behind you and to the sides of you and in front and behind you all around. And then it like using that same file, it can go anywhere from that perfect upwards compatible direction all the way down to the downwards compatible direction where it's just in your headphones. That's what's really cool about it is that you don't really have to be thinking in the way that you used to for surround sound. Like, I'm going to put this over in this speaker, and then I'm going to move this over to that speaker. You instead think about three-dimensional space. And then the algorithms and stuff will apply it to whatever amount of speakers you have. And ideally, you know, you have 7.1.2 or 9.1.2, and you probably hear these numbers. Like, what are these points? What are that? What does that convey? So, like, say 7.1.2. You have um, seven speakers around you, a subwoofer, and then two speakers above you. And the concept of Atmos, even though it's not completely perfect in reality, is that you can, you know, add as many speakers as you want, and then this should be able to upwards compatible forever. So the idea is like you'll never have to do this again. This is the this is the surround sound remix um, for forever. Where before it was like, oh, now we have to do a 7.1 mix after we did a 5.1 mix. And now we got to do a 9.1 mix. And now we got to do a 9.1.2 mix. It just kind of like eliminates all of that. And what I think it, from my perspective, really does is it liberates creativity. 
and it allows you to think in a much more naturalistic way. Rather than saying left speaker has guitar, you can think like, okay, the guitar is going to start behind you and then emerge into the left speaker. And that's pretty cool. Or the hi-hat is going to uh, be above you uh, up in this like top region, but then the kick drum and stuff is going to like always be grounded in the subwoofer. And then the snare is going to move around as different digital effects hit it. That kind of conceptualization. So there's there's another like interesting part of this and you'll sense a theme across my other podcasts. I really like the like naturalistic stuff and the way that it influences music. And so like a really good example of how that's happening is there's a lot more found sounds or Foley or natural ambience being added into music, which I think is dope. And that is a awesome trend that's going on right now. And I hope that it doesn't just like fizzle out as a trend. I hope it's something that is here to stay because the sounds of nature, the sounds of just sound in general, these tone poems is really fascinating and, and really uh, satisfying, I think, as a listener. Because then it's like, it's, context, it's contextualizing crickets or something like that. You know, it's, it's adding a, a layer of dimension that is just from nature. And I think that's really cool. Learning from nature helps us with panning in Dolby Atmos. And so things that are like higher frequencies, we literally, we call them higher. And a lot of times we'll look up when we say like, oh yeah, high frequency. And that actually can like influence where we place things in our mix. One of the things that uh, they talked about in this course, I don't think this was an official Dolby thing. It was like an engineer's thing, which is Derek Ali's mixed by Ali. He's uh, the guy that... uh, you know, mixed all the Kendrick Lamar stuff up to this most recent record, a bunch of other amazing records as well. Uh, he, uh, he, he and his team are how I'm doing this uh, certification. And they mentioned, yeah, things above uh, 2000 kilohertz do really well on those upper speakers. Putting low kind of sounds in the upper speakers is a little disorienting. Disorienting can be good, but it's good to have like kind of a frame of reference of, oh, okay, yeah, I can put like the higher synths up there, the sparkly stuff, the stuff that feels like it's rain. You know, that's a good place to put that. And then uh, one of the other like fun things that they're developing is plugins within Dolby Atmos. And plugins are those little bits of software that just like an EQ or compression, you can throw onto a track and manipulate the signal and the processing of those ones and zeros to augment or change them in some way. One of the most exciting things, obviously, with having a perfect like 360 rotation is being able to deal with panning. So having a a sound fly over your head and then back under your ear and then around to the other ear, you know, that's kind of cool stuff, like like literally like a fly. Very immersive, hence the, the name like spatial audio, immersive audio. I'm like excited about that, but not as excited as I think some people are. Panning is fun, but it's not like the bread and butter. That's like a little spice. That's like the sprinkles, you know, that's fun. It's cool to have like new sprinkles, but it's not like as (laughs) groundbreaking foundational as some of the other things that are going on such as the LFE send, which is just sending directly to the subwoofer and being able to control how much and what you're sending to the subwoofer. That's really cool. Dealing with low end, that's awesome. And then also being able to put things into virtual spaces and using spatial audio reverbs 
that's what I'm most excited about. Like being able to, like say you're in a perfect listening environment room that doesn't have any um, sounds that are like like reverbs and decays and slapbacks. It doesn't have any of that kind of stuff. It's just neutral. Now I can put you in whatever room I want you to. And because it's all around you, it's going to actually feel like you're in that room. And how cool is that? Like to be able to snap between a massive concert hall to an intimate room between a section. Like talk about scale. That's something I can really mess with. So panning school. But, you know, typically like that's going to be special effects. The guitars and stuff, they're going to kind of be where they are most of the time. They'll get wider, they'll get narrower, narrower they'll you know, do some small stuff, but more or less, like the guitarist is on stage and the guitarist stands in the same-ish place on stage and that's it. The cool thing is, is being able to like, say, say that you're on stage with your favorite band, because that's like one of the things that Dolby Atmos is trying to pitch. You know, I've got mixed feelings about that. Sometimes I don't want to be on stage. Sometimes I want to be looking at the stage. But anyway, say that you're on stage and the whole band is like surrounding you and, and performing. To be able to snap between different quasi real world environments in an instant is going to feel so otherworldly. And it's something that like no one's fully experienced. We've done this in stereo and it still is striking. And that's, I, I think, one of the things that, like, defines post-1970, mid-70s, when they start to, like, develop reverbs. I guess there were plate reverbs and stuff like that back in the uh, 50s. They had, the, like, obviously, like, the chamber rooms. That could be a whole pod on all the different types of reverbs. But there have been, like, a di- bunch of different ways. 